0: This is Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast, episode number 61. We're facing some of the most challenging times, both at home and at work. During today's episode, we share three essential elements to living a balanced life through the hard times and beyond. You don't want to miss this. Hi, healthcare leaders. I'm Tracy Kristofferson, and I'm Michelle Troset. We're your
1: hosts for Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast, and we are so grateful you joined us today.
0: You're about to see healthcare problems and challenges through a brand new lens and take your leadership to a whole new level with this podcast.
1: We've coached healthcare leaders from across North America for over 30 years as they strive to establish healthy, healing organizations and thriving work cultures. This is the only podcast that shows healthcare leaders how to apply polarity thinking, the missing logic in healthcare to their reoccurring challenges so they can stop wasting time, money, and resources
0: on fixes that fail. If you want to create a healthy healing organization where staff and leaders thrive and perform at their highest level, where values are aligned, outcomes are sustainable, and the highest quality of care is delivered, then this podcast is for you. Keep listening. Each week, you're going to learn how to leverage a polarity mindset and manage competing priorities as we use a polarity lens to explore everyday challenges with the leaders who are striving to manage them. We're thrilled you're here. Welcome, everyone. It's Michelle. And Tracy. Here we are again for a fabulous episode. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast. We're delighted to be with you. We are. Yeah, and today we're talking about living a balanced life, right? Through the hard times and beyond, kind of like to infinity and beyond, Michelle. (laughs) 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 So today we're going to discuss the nature of the tension between work and home and the COVID-19 pandemic. And we're gonna explore kind of the role healthy relationships play in balancing work and home. And the reason we're doing that is because almost every time we work with people on this, relationships come up in both places. (laughs) And we're gonna share how leveraging your strengths can really help support you having a balanced life. So we've got quite a bit to talk about today. We sure
1: do, we sure do. And if you don't have or haven't had balance in your life, the time is now. That's our message. That's our mantra. And uh, it's because wouldn't you agree the COVID-19 pandemic has changed everything, Tracy?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I had to catch my breath there for a minute, Michelle. Yes. Yes. It's changed everything.
1: Yes. And um, so nothing's the same right now. And we're all living with new work and home realities um, and they may not be the same realities for
0: all of us, right? Everyone's oh, experiencing
1: this differently.
0: They are, they are. There is no normal right now. Not the normal we knew, right? And uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has been actually been compared to Pearl Harbor and 9-11 in regards to the indelible imprint it's going to leave on the American psyche. And This is... A significant change, right? Reset. Um, and there's really grave concern for the health and well being of the clinicians, as there should be. I mean, what they're facing every day on the front lines is incredible.
1: Yeah, As a matter of fact, uh, a perspective article was recently published in the New England Journal of Medicine, and it's entitled Preventing a Parallel Pandemic, a National Strategy to Protect Clinicians' Wellbeing. And it was written by Dr. Victor Zhao, who is uh, the lead at the National Academy of Medicine, Dr. Daryl Kirsch from the American Medical Co- Association of American Medical Colleges and Dr. Thomas Nasca from the Accreditation Council for Graduate Medical Education. And all three of these leaders have been involved with the national collaborative on clinician well-being and resilience. And uh, they really brought right to the forefront pretty early on that you know it's it's not one pandemic we're going to be dealing with. We are going to be dealing with a parallel pandemic with clinicians and that the stress and strain on the workforce is unprecedented and it is already taking a toll. Um, So the COVID-19 crisis stretches on and the burden of stress is only going to increase. So it's like high alert
0: people, high alert, right? That's right. That's right. There's, uh, we don't even know the full extent of what's going to happen with this. And, And I'm glad that they're bringing this to our attention, right? And really calling it out in a very significant way. And so during this episode, we're going to put our attention kind of on that unique combination, right, of things that we have learned can be very, very helpful when it comes to balancing these tensions, right, between work and home. And so we're going to talk about that and healthy relationships and how to manage that tension um, and leverage our strengths to, you know, build that balanced life. And those are all components of the dynamic balance effect framework that we use to support healthcare leaders to live balanced and resilient lives yeah so we're we know you're out there healthcare
1: leaders <laughs> and if you're like most leaders you're already being called upon to understand address the significant challenges and uh the question we have for you is how prepared are you you know is the burden and responsibility already taking a toll on you and uh were you burned out before this even started? What was your status? You know, just to kind of think about where was your start point before COVID-19? And if you want to not only survive, but thrive through this pandemic and beyond, you know, we know just like the paper said, you got to act
0: now. Yeah. You can't wait. You can't, yeah. You can't wait for the right time. Yeah. <laughs> right. There is exactly. <laughs> Come along, folks, right? And so, what we've and what we've heard from you are some of the biggest challenges is supporting the staff while trying to sustain operations in the midst of this never-ending change, right? And we know though that's ebbing and flowing. There are times where there's a significant amount of scurrying. A lot of people have kind of got their plans in place, but there's still changes, you know, just new recommendations, things that have to be considered. Um, Keeping your family um, safe and at home and COVID-free right especially if you're working in a hospital if you're in that environment right you're be you have the potential to be exposed to more than those that aren't having that quality time with your family during these kind of stressful intense times and the children's distance learning debt is a whole thing in and of itself right and our kids going back to school or not going back to school what's your plan how's that going to impact your family there's lots to be considered here um and if you have elderly parents that's a whole nother layer right of how do you keep them safe? How do you make sure they mm-hmm. have what they need, especially if you're trying to keep them at home? You know, how are you getting food to them? How are they managing all of this? Um, it's just a lot to carry around as a as a leader in addition to what's happening in the work environment and all the changes that are happening.
1: Yeah, that's right, Tracy. We've heard so many stories from leaders, you know, and for those of you that are working from home, And many of you have been, you know, extended, extended, extended at home. Um, We know it's just like one big mashup now between your work environment, and your home environment. And uh, it's difficult to manage the boundaries. Right. Um, And and so we're all learning new ways to adapt and. And to create those new boundaries for us. And we know that what you ultimately want is quality of life that includes a happy balance between work and friends and family. Everyone wants that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm sure on some days you wonder, is this even possible? <laughs> <laughs> Probably or is more this a pipe time.
0: dream? Is this a pipe dream? <laughs> right, yeah. Is this even possible, right? So let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, you know, We've talked about work-life balance before, but I think this this, you know... Um, bears repeating right and it's important to under to really think about work-life balance in a you know through a, a contextual lens right so let's talk about that some describe work-life balance kind of as that lack of opposition between uh work and their other life roles um and it like it's a state of equilibrium right in which demands mm-hmm. of personal life and professional life and family life are equal And you'll see that like in wikipedia and different places right Or it's also referred to as a state of equilibrium where a person equally prioritizes the the demands of career and the demands of one's personal life. Um, And so it's kind of like this, you know, work, career, professional life and life, personal, family and home, right? Like it's kind of those compartments, right? But, but this equilibrium in our minds implies a 50, 50, right? Where everything is equal. And, um, and, we just have to tell you there's no perfect balance. That's not going to happen. So if you're thinking about work-life balance as an equilibrium and a 50-50 balance, then no, work-life balance does not exist in that way. So just keep that in mind. There can be balance, but it's not
1: 50-50. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's where people you know, go down the path of it's not possible, right? Right. Because they're thinking of it in that way. And so what we've noticed over the years is um, that some people have shifted. Let's not call it work life balance anymore because of this lack of 50-50, but let's call it work-life integration because that's what it really is. And um, work-life integration is an approach that creates more synergies between all the areas that define life, such as work, home, family, community, personal well-being, and health. Um, And it's still treating it like something really fragile, right? Like an egg. And we still wonder, is this integration possible? And yeah, it's possible, but it's not about achieving equilibrium, nor is it about integrating all aspects of of our life. It requires understanding the interdependent relationship and the energy that separates and binds these aspects of our lives together. And then creating a plan that empowers you to act simultaneously with intention to choose consciously or mindfully to move between them between your work and your home and, uh, you know, and having flexibility so that you can leverage the energy and learning to manage this tension is pillar number two, managing, managing tensions in the dynamic balance effect.
0: Yeah. Right. It's that flexibility.
1: It is. It's the dynamic balance, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And usually when we talk about work-life balance, the crux tension, I mean, the kingpin yeah. here <laughs> is usually work and home, right? And yeah. and again, work can include work and school. If you happen to be a student and you're working and, you know, a home, you know, is, can be just your other community life as well as your home life. Um, but that's really kind of the crux tension. And we really discussed this in great depth in episode number 34, so you can go back and listen to that again. We encourage you to re-listen to a lot of these episodes because there's, you know, well, there's a lot of wisdom in them. <laughs> but there's also just, you know, we kind of do a deep dive. So you can kind of, you know, you're, you're in a different place when you hear it the second time. Uh, but that tension's not ever going to go away. And that's, that's kind of one of our messages is these tensions are natural and mm-hmm. they're a natural phenomenon in our lives. And they do not go away. They will always exist. And, um, and so we just, what we have to do is learn to manage them. That's why this is one of our key pillars in our dynamic balance.
1: Yeah. You know, and this tension is continuous and this is what makes this one really unique. I mean, uh, is they both are such high value for us as human beings, right? Work and home. And, um, and we, we so long for the positive outcomes of both that, This one can eat at our souls and our health if it's not well managed.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, so I think we ought to think about there's positive benefits to both, right? Yes. And, you know, wouldn't you agree, Michelle, that making a difference, right, is a positive outcome when we focus on work? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think you'd also agree that another positive outcome of work is just the good relationships with the people at work and in the profession you know, that, that comes out of our, um, our kind of our common purpose. Right. And I think, you know, I bet you'd also agree that being inspired and stimulated by work is another positive attribute. Wouldn't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, last but not least, you know, there's making money, (laughs) (laughs) earning money, right. To support the life that you want, right. The kind of lifestyle that you want. It's also right. A great result of focusing on work so there's really great benefits that come with you know having an emphasis on work and that's what drives a lot of us right are those kinds of outcomes yeah and you know
1: we've been talking with our uh, healthcare care leaders in our coaching program too that there's work but and then there's professional contribution work so there's all kinds of positive outcomes that we can experience and I have a story to tell you that uh Tracy um just about how I was thriving in that upside of, you know, the whole positive experience of work, uh, and professionalism. And firsthand, what I learned about this tension, do you want to hear it?
0: You bet. You bet. <laughs> I think well, I, was there, you... I, I was there, but I was
1: you're kind of part of this story anyway. Um, I, I really learned a lot about this particular tension between work and home um, back in the early 2000s. And I would say I was probably at the height of my professional career at the time. Um, I was the chief professional practice officer of a global technology uh, company. And we were really doing a lot of innovative work. And, um, you know, I was traveling the world, speaking to people about the integration between the practice uh, platform and technology platform, another tension. Anyway, I got this really special invitation to go to Johns Hopkins School of Nursing for a meeting on uh, what then became the Tiger Initiative. And Tracy, this was like in a room at Johns Hopkins School of Nursing. There's probably about, oh, I would say, 40 to 50, kind of the who's who in nursing at this particular meeting. And and uh, Dr. Marion Ball and Diane Skiba uh, really were leading this effort to uh, have nursing s- step up for informatics, right, because there was a lot going on at the national level, and what people were noticing is the nursing profession really wasn't being representative. So. We decided at that particular meeting to have an invitational summit. We called it Tiger Technology Informatics Guiding Education Reform, and uh, we were going to start it at the grassroots, but then have this summit where we could bring the national leaders together. So it was a very exciting meeting for me. I left, I went home, and a couple of weeks later, I got a phone call from um, Dr. Ball and Dr. Skiba, and they asked me if I would chair this invitational summit. It was one of those things where you just kind of wanted to fall off of your chair. Like, they're asking me to chair this summit. And um, and and yet, at the same time, it was right back to that making a difference that you were talking about. I was like, wow, what an opportunity. Um, I felt like I was already doing meaningful work, but this whole opportunity to impact the nursing profession um, was right there in front of me. So I accepted, right? Like, would
0: you say no to that, Tracy? Well. Well, you might, (laughs) I might, (laughs) I'm pretty good with boundaries, but no, I mean, I, I, I get the opportunity, right. And, and the contribution, right. And you're all about contributing. So I get it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So anyway, uh, just fast forward, I worked a year, about a year and a half planning this summit with phenomenal nurse leaders from across the country. And it was all scheduled to take set, set over two and a half days in Bethesda, Maryland, just outside of DC in late 2006. So the week before this summit was going to happen, I was invited to go to a healthcare executive meeting in Palm Springs, California. And uh, when my husband, Kevin, dropped me off at the airport, he literally grabbed me by the shoulders and said, look at me. Now, do me a favor. When you get to this fancy resort in Palm Springs for this conference, will you promise me you'll go to the spa? Because I'm really worried about you. And I just kind of pecked him on the cheek and said, sure, honey, and ran off. And, you know, of course, I never did go to the spa. (laughs) And so when I arrived, though, in Palm Springs, um, I found out that uh, Governor Tommy Thompson was the keynote speaker the next day. And I was really excited because I had always wanted to meet him. And uh, I was just really aware of his leadership. And um, so when I got up the next morning, I went down to the ballroom. I got a seat about 10 rows back from the front, and I just couldn't hear to, wait to hear him speak. And he started really talking about the things we cared about, that you know, everyone should own their personal health record, we should all be engaged in our care. He shared a quote from Margaret Mead, um, never underestimate the power of a few committed people to change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has, and I love that quote. And really felt it was representative of the work that we did together, Tracy, at the CPM Resource Center and um, and also uh, the Tiger Initiative, because it started with a few committed people. Right. So I'm just kind of in, in this, you know, awe of being there. And all of a sudden, Tommy Thompson looks right at me in the audience and said, what is your name? And I looked around and there's 400 people in the room about and I said, who, me? And he said, yeah, you. What is your name and where are you from? So I shouted out in the room, well, my name is Michelle, and I'm from Michigan. And he looked right at me, and he said, okay, Michelle, let's say you have a stroke right now in California. And I remember the hair on my neck stood up, and I literally thought to myself, I could have a stroke right now. (laughs) because I had been burning the candle at both ends, right? And I had this big thing looming over me. So anyway, I thanked him after his speech and I I got to meet him and I flew home. And um, then the great news was the Tiger Summit was a great success. Uh, You know, we just achieved all of our outcomes um, and we were on a mission to transform the care of over 3 million nurses by having informatics being a core competency of theirs. And then fast forward, you know, a couple of months, few months later, I'm on the road again. And I happen to be in a hospital in Alabama. And uh, I was meeting with the chief nursing officer and all of his directors to talk about the role of evidence-based practice and technology. And I had a sharp pain on the side of my head walking into the boardroom that morning. And I kind of, kind of grabbed my head and thought, what was that all about? And in the meeting... Tracy, this was a big board room, you know, huge long table, directors all around it. We're all in conversation. And I noticed I could no longer hold the pen in my hand. And I thought, what is up with this? And I struggled for a while. I was actually putting the pen back in my hand and trying to write. I knew I was starting to get into trouble. And it literally occurred to me, I could be having a stroke right now. I tried to drink water. I could tell the right side of my uh, mouth was numb. And then all I could write was the letter P in my notepad. No matter what I tried, I was just, could do it. And I thought, I'm going to have to ask for help. Now you have to all know out there, if you're not in healthcare, it's hard to ask for help when you're a healthcare leader. <laughs> so I just realized this is it, man. Uh, this is happening. And uh, the CNO shouted really loud. Michelle, what do you think about that? And I looked up at him and I thought, say the words, Michelle, ask for help. And when I went to talk, the only thing that came out of my mouth was just gibberish. And I realized, oh my gosh, I'm aphasic. And he slid across the table, said, look at me, smile, stick out your tongue. And then I heard the words, get her to the ER. She's having a stroke. So, as I was being wheeled down the hallway into the ER, the only thing that could, I kept thinking of was, damn you, Tommy Thompson, because I know you did this to me. <laughs> yeah. I know that this all happened for a reason, and I'm here in this hospital, miles away from home, having a stroke. And um, here's what happened I was there for five days. And um, I had a lot of, uh, symptoms of a stroke and I was, I left with a diagnosis of a stroke and, uh, you probably remember that Tracy. Cause you were there.
0: Oh yeah. I was there. I remember getting that phone call in the afternoon from a good friend of ours. If you heard about what happened to Michelle, I was just like totally shocked. And the first thing I said to my husband, I said, we're going like, we're going down there. We gotta, we gotta see her. We gotta make sure she's okay.
1: Yeah. Yes. And I, I certainly appreciated that. And, you know, you guys showed up the first person on the scene and it took him, you know, it took him, we we call it the planes, trains and automobiles to get there from Michigan down to, down to uh, Mobile, Alabama. And the first thing my husband, Kevin said to me, uh, I remember him walking into the room. Of course it was like one o'clock in the morning. It was really dark. I still couldn't talk. And, uh, he laid across my bed and he said, Michelle. You are on the downside of work. And um, I knew it was true. I, I knew, and I knew this, right? I knew you you can't over focus this long. And uh, so it's such a lesson on vigilance. Now, the good news is, is uh, ultimately I did not have a stroke. Um, after I came home, I was worked up uh, uh, by a stroke uh, doctor uh, back in Michigan and After doing a really thorough family history and doing some more testing, uh, what happened to me was I had a hemiplegic migraine event, which is a very rare migraine that mimics a stroke. And when the neurologist said, you know, I'll tell you why this happened to you, you were burning the candles at both ends too long and your body cannot take up, you know, can't deal with it. So, um, you know, it's just like that saying, knowing is not enough, right? You have to, you have to be aware and you have to be vigilant. And when I reflected back to what happened, um, I was just really pushing the limit. My dining room table had become my tiger desk and my work desk. I was traveling a lot from my job, uh, working on the road. Um, I was I, looking back, I was, you know, really not having a lot of personal fun anymore. And, um, I'd really had lost the positive outcomes of home and work and tiger had consumed my home life too. So as exciting and energizing as it was, it really did take a toll and all of the attributes were starting to escape me. So there's a real lesson in this story.
0: Oh yeah. (laughs) For everybody. Right. (laughs) And I mean, so just think about that, you know, yeah whoever's listening to this and whenever you're listening to this, what is going on in your life right now as a leader, right? How are you being pushed to the limit, right? What are you sacrificing? um, And what are, what are you doing? What are you experiencing? And we've got different kinds of challenges right now too. And not just in the work front, we got challenges on the home front too. And, and some of you are facing other realities, like maybe you've been furloughed or reassigned, right. Or transitioned or laid off. And, you know, and, uh, and maybe, you know, you've got, um, temporary housing, right? Because you can't go home to your family, right? Or maybe your spouse and your children are home 24 seven, or they're homeschooling, right? And work is happening at home. And these are all different kinds of challenges and realities that people are facing right now. And that impacts that, that ability to have that dynamic balance over time. And, um, you know what worked previously may not be working now in the new reality. So we just want you to pause and think about what are your realities and what is happening, and what kind of stresses and strain is that putting on you as an individual, right? And um, even though work might not be what it was, there's still work to be done, right? Even if you've been furloughed, even if you like, there's work to be done. There's things that you're doing, um, searching for new work, maybe even, right? Or that type of thing. And so, you know, there is that still that element that needs to be balanced with the rest of your life. Um, and that's just, you know, that's how, you know, you have to kind of look at the whole, um, and manage Mm -hmm. things under new circumstances, but it's about making choices and being aware of this whole dynamic that's occurring. Right. And it's possible actually to experience, um, some of the negative unintended consequences or outcomes on both sides like at work and at home and that happens when you either aren't taking enough steps to maintain those positive attributes that we've talked about in the past um for both work and home or or what you're doing isn't effective anymore right so if you're trying old strategies in a new reality you might not be getting the same outcome right that you um that you want at both home and work so it's just kind of revisiting that you know
1: Yeah. So true. So true. You know, and reflecting back, Tracy, you know, when we think about there's how there's early warning signs that really tell you, you know, you might be overdoing it. You know, one of them for me is, is just my husband at the airport giving me that message. Um, and so kind of, you know, moving forward, I really respect his opinion. And if through the years now, when he tells me, you know what, I'm worried about you, I have learned to really honor that and respect that. And, um, so it's just, it's really, you know, coming up and knowing when am I over focusing? Right. So that's really important. And, you know, I don't always get a chance to tell the rest of the story, Tracy, but for our listeners today, I just want to let everyone know that A few years after this event, I was on a plane to Washington, D.C., and Governor Tommy Thompson um, uh, happened to be on the plane as well. So I thought, okay, this is your moment, Michelle. You can tell him what he did to you. (laughs) So as he he deplaned, I waited for him, and I introduced myself as a nurse and told him Uh, told him the story and and, um, he just belly laughed first of all he wanted to make sure I was okay oh my gosh are you okay (laughs) and um, and then he uh, but he just really belly laughed and we've remained in contact since so somehow it was just he was an important part of, of my story to to balance my work and home so thank you Tommy Thompson
0: yeah he probably watches his words now words are very powerful Yes, they are. Exactly. Don't be telling anybody else they're going to have a stroke.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So true. So true. So, the other, um, you know, one of the other important uh, pillars in living the principles is healthy relationships. And that's very much connected to work and home as well. And Meg Wheatley's quote, we think, says it all that relationships are all there is. Everything in the universe only exists because it is in relationship to everything else. Nothing exists in isolation. We have to stop pretending we are individuals that
0: can go it alone. Hey, it's Tracy. We're going to get right back to the episode, but first, you may or may not know, registration is now open for our work-life balance boot camp. This boot camp was designed to help healthcare leaders like you find joy Live with intention and make a difference at work and at home. In the boot camp, we help you create your own work life balance blueprint so you can manage the tension that you feel between work and home easily and effortlessly. To register for the boot camp, simply go to missinglogic.com forward slash new events where you can register. Now let's get back to the episode. Well, you know, Michelle, I'm a firm believer in looking for and starting with the kingpin. I call it the kingpin. (laughs) It's that kind of that one thing that will have the biggest impact. And I really believe when it comes to balance in your life, work and home relationships are it right. Um, If you have strong relationships at work and strong relationships at home, I really believe you can pretty much overcome any kind of challenge, anything that happens to you, right? Because you're surrounded by those individuals, right? That share your common purpose and just really will lift you up and support you. And and, uh, if not, then there's really no foundation to stand on or build on. And it's just so much more difficult, right? Because the struggle is yours alone, right? And when you have relationships, you have others to help you. Right. So I just really think these relationships are critical.
1: Oh, I couldn't agree more, Tracy. And healthy relationships are the cornerstone of leadership. Right. Um, You know, when relationships are not strong at work, you can feel micromanaged and you can find it difficult to enlist support from others and we hear this from leaders all the time, right? They feel isolated. And we have heard more in the last few months than probably years that how real the phrase lonely at the top really feels for healthcare leaders.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Right. And, and, and even for others right now, as they're being isolated, right? We've even heard from groups of, of leaders that tend, you know, that used to meet routinely, right? Like now they can't do that. And if they don't have cameras or right ways to see each other, even when they're meeting remotely, I mean, all that has an impact, right? But equally important, right, are the relationships at home and healthy relationships are a vital component of a healthy, joyful life. Um, And, you know, if you have unhealthy relationships at home, that's a big source of tension in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially you can really feel unsupported. You can feel like there's no trust right with anybody in your life or those that are important to you in your life. And you can really be misaligned around the things that matter most when your relationships aren't strong.
1: Yeah. So again, having those healthy relationships are key to having help you have a balanced life. And, um, so we're going to talk a little bit now about the principles of healthy relationships and Just for all the listeners out there, we want you to know that we did a deep dive on this on our podcast, episode number 50. And I just had someone the other day tell me that they've listened to it twice and they're going to listen to it again. So um, a lot of uh, pearls of wisdom in that one. And it's important because, you know, many of us were not taught, uh, nor did we grow up in environments where these principles were lived. Um, it wasn't like maybe someone sat us down and say, here, these are the principles of healthy relationships. You know, take them with you wherever you go." And as Tracy said, the bottom line is, you know, we really need help. Um, you know, we really need these to have uh, balance in our life. And these principles, you know, once we know about them, they really become part of who you are, and um, and they are something that are just are always there. They provide a foundation to build on. And um, you know these principles that we're going to share with you have been the foundation of our relationships for over thirty years, and the principles we've taught to thousands of healthcare clinicians across North America.
0: Yeah, these these made such a difference in my life, you know, because I was one of those. I was never taught really much about healthy relationships. I just learned from what I saw. So when I learned these, I mean, it just I think I can I contribute my strong marriage, my healthy family relationships, work relationships to these principles. So I'm just going to give you a, a high level definition of each and encourage you to go back to episode 50 to, for the deep dive. Um, but the, the first principle is intention. Michelle always talks about this like a light switch. Right. So it really is that personal choice to connect with another at that deeper kind of level of humanness. And, um, and people know what your intentions are by how you are with them. Um, the other is mission. So this is really that call to live out something that matters or is meaningful. Um, and it is really, you know, kind of one of the outcomes of the relationship is that contribution, right, to that mission, to achieving something together. Um, equal accountability, a relationship driven by ownership of the mission, not power over or fear. So Again, it's putting that mission at the center, knowing each person in the relationship is making that contribution. So it's not about me having power over you. It's really about what we're trying to do together and having accountability to that. The other is potential. And that's really just kind of our inherent capacity within ourselves and others to continually learn, grow, and create. And oftentimes, It's the people in your life that you're in relationship with which see your potential more than you do. And will point that out to you sometimes, right? Um, The other is balance. So this is about self and others, right? This is about uh, the harmony, the relationship we have with ourselves and our relationship with others in order to achieve that mission. So, you know, you have to have a good relationship with yourself um, really to have good relationship with others. So that's a very important part of this. And trust is that kind of that sense of synchrony on the important issues or or things that really matter most. So those are just some, right, the core kind of principles. And when you use these, they're kind of like the guardrail of your relationships, right? They kind of keep you, um, you know, in that healthy mode, right? Maintaining that relationship in a very healthy way.
1: Yeah, they're so... They're just so solid. They just really help guide all of your relationships, both professionally and personally. So they're really powerful. And I think when I think back to my story, Tracy, you know, what I really needed to focus on was my relationships at, at home, which always I valued certainly. But what I realized is I needed to put more intention around the action. So that was really the start of my monthly "quote unquote" date days with uh, my husband and my boys, and taking them on trips with me and putting a lot more intention on that side, right? So the relationships exist on both sides. Um, so now another um, helpful action step for us to be aware of is, you know, our personal strengths and then how to leverage them during hard times and beyond as well. And strengths really fall under uh, the dynamic balance effect pillar number three and mastering alignment. And what we've learned is that mastering your strengths during hard times that can be a game changer too, right? Because you're really leaning into what you're really good at. And um, over the years, Tracy and I have have had experience with a lot of different tools that we have really taken the time to get our know ourselves better individually and also also as partners and business partners. So, Tracy, you want to share some of the strength assessments that people can use to know their strengths? Sure.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, we discussed these in great detail in episode number 39. So <laughs> we're kind of bringing back to you, showing you how these combinations of things, right. Can just really help strengthen you. So there's a lot more detail in that episode, but, and I think the thing here too, is, um, it's it comes back to that, you know, like Michelle said, know yourself and, uh, and knowing yourself helps you also to know others and how you relate to them and interact with them and, Some of these people are very familiar with. Some of them are a little bit newer. Some of them are simple. Some of them are complex. And I think the one thing that Michelle and I've noticed is we're opposite in all of them. (laughs) 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 And that, just that knowledge is critical to our success, right? Because we could be driving each other crazy. But what we realize is we just see things differently. We have different styles, different strengths, and it's about leveraging that. So I think that's the real takeaway and having a balanced life and healthy relationships is all about knowing that right and being able to relate to others so one of them I think I'm pretty much sure all leaders are familiar with is the Myers-Briggs right it's a personality test and and I it was really a mother and daughter right that came up with this and Michelle and I are exactly opposite in this right just exact opposite um so it just helps to know that right it just helps to know that and and You know, it it is your strengths, right? It is kind of who you are um, innately, and it helps you recognize how you see the world and how you respond to the world. Um, Another is the disc, and this is kind of like a behavior assessment, Um, and you may not be as familiar with that. We covered that in um, in episode number thirty nine as well, and that kind of helps you look at some different dominant traits that you have, Um, like if you're. You know, if you're dominant, if you're inspiring, if you're supportive, you know, if you're cautious, this is kind of how you operate in the world and what your strengths are in that regard to tasks that you take on, behaviors that you have. The other is the Enneagram. And this is, I think this is probably one of the most complex. It's really about your nature. And um, it it is, it's even too complex for me to explain to you here. But it's kind of who you are innately and it's a combination of things um and so it's very interesting um very interesting study and then of course the strength finders right and strength based leadership and and again uh, michelle and i have a few common strengths but we have a lot of different strengths which enables us to kind of you know work across the span of the key strengths that you need to have in a leadership team and um, and so, just knowing those things really can help you have a stronger relationship um, with others and with yourself, just knowing yourself, right? And mm-hmm. why do I react this way when these things happen, right? Or somebody says something, or, um, you know, why do I respond to that person that way? And because they're just, they're different. It doesn't, it's not about right or wrong. Um, it's just about differences and understanding our differences and how they can be leveraged for the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, so we're big believers in being strength-based and just knowing yourself. And as Tracy said, it's made all the difference for us. Um, and I think after my event too, the other thing I realized was, you know, I had really done a lot with strength-based organizations with their work, but I really hadn't brought it home. So after my event, um, uh, my, I had my husband do strength finders, and then as my children got older, I had them do strength finders. And really, you can have a strength based home too if you put intention to it. And even right now, with all of the whole pandemic and people working at home, and I'll, I'll just tell you, it makes a big difference if you know everybody's strengths. <laughs> Probably more now than ever. So it's very, very powerful, and you can leverage them on both sides work and home. And uh, one of the things too, that I think so powerful Tracy is just the whole role of delegation. When you know what people's strengths are, it really can help with delegation and uh, you can really learn how to lean into your strengths and the strengths of
0: the people around you both at work and at home. Yeah. Well, I think too, it can help you when it comes to taking on new tasks. Like there's lots of changes, right? Lots of new things that leaders are experiencing in organizations and you know, um, things they probably maybe have never done before. Right. And you might be asked to step up and lead something. And so when yeah. you know what your strengths are, you know, if you have the right strengths for the job, right. Or who you need to engage with you to, um, your strengths as a leader. So there's lots of different ways you can, you can use it right now. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I think just we're going to kind of wrap up now with a few teaching points and some things to um, help help you reflect on in, in regards to these um, three different elements here and components. So, you know, you might or might not realize um, when you're managing this tension between work and home and um, your relationships are healthy, like you really feel like you know, you're living, you know, uh, we're in this together, right? We've been hearing that a lot, but you actually feel like you're living it. Um, but but you may still struggle, mm-hmm. right, with taking yeah. on things outside your strengths, and you might feel frustrated and unable to delegate effectively if you don't know your strengths or the strengths of others.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and when you do know and rely on your strengths and the strengths of others effectively, and you are managing the tension between work and home, you can be fully present in both environments and successfully navigate changes and challenges, but you will feel isolated or alone, misunderstood and undervalued if you don't have healthy relationships at work and at home.
0: Yeah. And you probably already know um, when you're leveraging your strengths and the strengths of others uh, and your relationships are healthy, right? You're able to address those challenges in both environments, but you'll feel an increasing tension between work obligations and home obligations and unable to be fully present in either place. And maybe even begin to feel resentful if you don't manage that tension between work and home. So, I mean, it just really shows you how these three are interrelated, right? And that um, your life is stronger, right? And you have that higher quality when all three of these things are strong together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So for our call to action for all of you, um, you know, first start Uh, By reflecting on where you're putting the majority of your attention and how it's affecting you, right? So think about that, both at work and at home. And then um, also think about your key relationships at work and at home. And on a scale of one to 10, where would you rank them? With one being terrible (laughs) and 10 being fabulous, right? And think again, so a few key relationships at work and at home. So you can just do a little mini assessment of where you're sitting with uh, key relationships. And uh, the third takeaway is know yourself, right? Uh, learn your strengths, understand your personality type to gain and understand about who you are and how you operate best. So take take some time to invest in yourself to learn that if you haven't already.
0: Yeah, it's well worth it. Well, worth yes, it. it is. So that wraps up another fabulous episode and we want to thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode and we'll see you next time on healthcare's missing logic podcast. Yes. Stay safe and stay healthy. Yep. And stay strong. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Thanks as always for listening to healthcare's missing logic podcast. You can find show notes and links at our website, missinglogic.com forward slash new dash podcast. If you're the kind of leader who wants to help others, then share this podcast with your peers and other healthcare leaders. We're certain if you found value in it, they will too. Please share this on your social media channels and leave us a review in iTunes. If you don't know how to leave a review, you can find instructions at the end of the show notes. We'd also love to hear and answer your questions. So if you have some questions, you can email us at questions at missinglogic.com. And we may include your question in a future episode.